poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into The Bohemian Beat. I'm Riddy, with you for another hour of poetry, music and later we will be joined by two Northern Rivers storytellers. Let's first start with a track from the Aerial Maps, built around the spoken word vocals of Adam Gibson, described as one of Australia's finest musical storytellers. through the Heathrow streets at dawn and we gather in the local pubs east of Angel Alley and the flat skies above England gather slowly to a permanent dusk. And how I went to Fulham in the night on buses, in the dark lonely London night on buses and I saw the black houses of Parliament near where I worked on a building site in the desolate winter, 1995-96. And I heard the bells and chimes coming from Westminster Abbey as I swept floors and I carried wood. London still exists. London still exists. London still exists. Afternoons in the coldest winter of my soul Going all the way up to Speaker's Corner in Hyde Park Just to hear people speak Of damnation and sex And the innermost bell clang of the jumbled thoughts Which resonated with mine that winter Because London still exists London still exists London still exists Oh, do you remember that night out? Do you remember that time? Walking home through streets still cobbled with stones, the low gutters towards and past the E1, past Angel Alley streets and the bright fruit stalls and the bright street market. And the cold faces past Ilford and the island where Billy Bragg first played. 
and girls in black jackets smoking silk-cut cigarettes at bus stops as if their lives depended upon it. As if their lives depended upon it because London still exists. London still exists. And the lorries are passing through Wapping. They ain't stopping. They're going all the way. On down the A road to Dagenham and Grace Thurrock, Bitsy, Battersea, etc. and so forth because you remember the song. You remember the way it was. The Angel Alley streets. Descending days. Expiring work visas. And the loves we lost. Jamaican sounding summers. Trips to the Westway. Portobello pubs across minicab nights. Nigerian navigation back through football streets. Reverberating all the way from Stanford Bridge and across the night to the home of the Hammers and oversized cans of tenants in the hands of grown men. London still exists. London still exists. London still exists. There's the underground arteries and the black suit tunnels that make you think that Victoria is still on the throne. Hiding in an enclave is Dickens with a filthy fingered glove to grab you and say, hey, come here, mate, what are you doing? Come here. Ah, oh, the slanting terraces, extending the threading streets and all the sadness that descends upon me. All the sadness that descends upon me. The low-pressure bathtubs, the lime fuzz around the top of the kettle and the rim of the pots. London still exists. London still exists. London still exists. Ah, and tell me. Oh, won't you tell me? Is it still raining there in Fulham? Is it still raining there in Hammersmith? Is it still raining there in Paddington or Shepherd's Bush? Things are still raining there in Croydon, on Leicester Square, on Wardour Street, Portobello Road. Things are still raining there up on Savile Road. Things are still raining there in Brick Lane. Ah. Just say one thing. If you ever come back, just drop by and have a cup of tea. Ah. If you ever come back, just drop by. Have a cup of tea because London still exists. London still exists. And that was Aerial Maps with London Still Exists. Australian poet Peter Porter, who lived between 1929 and 2010, settled in England in 1951, where he worked as a bookseller and in advertising before becoming a full-time writer and broadcaster. His poems are known for their dry wit, sophistication and technical brilliance. In one of his poems, Porter wrote that poetry begs outside the gates of the gods. The active gods come out. Porter was a writer-in-residence at universities in both Australia and England. He received the Queen's Gold Medal for Poetry, the Whitbread Prize for Poetry, the Duff Cooper Prize and the 1990 Gold Medal of the Australian Literary Society. In the following piece, he makes some comments on what it's like being an Australian in England. 
I feel that I am not conscious when I write of being an Australian, but merely of being a person. I'm conscious of a personality of myself, even as a hindrance, but I'm not conscious of being an Australian. As a matter of fact, coming to England has been, although I've been here a long time, has been a continual day-to-day -day experience of being confronted with myself as an Australian, which I would never have had to have if I'd been in Australia, because here there are things about me which Englishmen recognise as not being English, in fact, as being Australian, which I completely ignore. I very rarely write about Australia as a place. I do sometimes, but not as often as I write about things which have interested me in England. But being an Australian does make a difference. It makes a difference, I think, to the sort of cadence of verse. It makes a difference to the way in which you hear the dying fall. Everybody sort of has a kind of, you know, half-close in poetry which he, he works towards. And my half-close is a rather more dreary sort of Methodist note than most people's half-closes because this is the Australian temperament, the Australian dying away, the Australian accent, the whole dried-up feeling which you get in Australia. Beast and the Beauty His fear, never loud in daylight, risen to a night whisper of a dead mother in the weatherboard house, he had this great piece of luck. A girl in Paris clothes, ex-school monitor, chose him for her lover. Twenty-one and experienced, she showed his hands the presentiment of clothes and first at a party kissed him, then took him home, where they did what he'd always supposed. Her sophistication was his great delight. Her mother and father drinking, throwing things, the unhappy marriage, the tradespeople on Christian name terms, all the democratic sexiness, mornings with the pick of the pops and the Daily Express, and yet, the sudden itching despair, the wonder in King's College Chapel, the depth that lived in her soul, of which this raciness was only the worldly covering. But the sophistication chose to kill. The itch was on the inside of the skin. Her family of drunks were shrewd. Wine-wise young barristers and gentlemen farmers fought for her hand. In the loft there waited trunks of heirlooms to be taken seriously. He found himself ditched, his calls unanswered, his world shrunk to eating in lions, waiting outside her house at midnight, her serious tears to haunt him, boiling on his bunk. So he sits alone in libraries, hideous and hairy of soul, a beast again, waiting for a lustful kiss to bring back his human smell, the taste of woman on his tongue. In my time, I have been a rich man giving favors. I'm a beggar on 
through me and you pass you by. You look right through me and you pass you by. You look right through me and you pass you by. You look right through me and you pass you by. Take my hand, lead me to your loving milk and honey. Cover me, keep me from the night so cold and rainy. Please, I'm down on my knees. I'm a beggar on the street of love. I'm a beggar on the street of love. I'm a beggar on the street of love. That was Paul Kelly with Beggar on the Street of Love. And before that, Peter Porter reading his poem, The Beast and the Beauty, from Collected Poems, Volume 1, 1961 to 1981. Paul Kelly is known for his collaborations. After he met Kev Carbony in the 1980s, he co-wrote the song from Little Things, Big Things Grow. He then decided to bring together well-known Australian artists to record a tribute album of Carmody's songs, with the intention of bringing Carmody's music to a wider audience. Paul Kelly has said, I quote, I first heard his music. I was drawn straight away to his blend of politics and prayer, poetry, anger and pride. His body of work is one of our great cultural treasures. Carmody is a modern bard of the bush whose storytelling genius lies in being able to use music as a means of implementing oral history and his experiences. This next track from the album is a masterpiece, a tale of life and loss on the land called Droving Woman, performed by Orgy March, Missy Higgins and Paul Kelly. Cemetery creep. She stood with them children in a heavy brown gown. What you want, you just can't always keep. I'm sorry, I said I knew him so well. Though your body is young, you just never can tell when the hand of fate brings that final death knell. She just turned with the slightest of smiles. 
She said from the start when we knew it so hard We were always dealt the severest of cards A honeymoon spent droving Jamison stalked through the wildest winter you see And my romantic notions of horses and land They were soon dispelled As a fantasized dream watching cattle at night In the middle winter cold turns a person both wiry and old Flame of the breakfast Fire be dead As the sun rose up It'd be miles up ahead I'd be breaking the candy And rolling the beds While I fanned the stalk Wide of four feet When the weather turns sour With the onset of rain And the truck had bogged down to the axle mains He'd move up ahead with pack Saddles and the chains And I'd wait in the mud by the road With the blankets and the canvas They hung out to dry And with nothing for heat Cause you couldn't light a fire With no stock payment For their forthcoming shire The dog and whimper In the winter wind rain on a Catalone camp when they slush in it rain They keep walking all night like a dog on a chain He'd be red-eyed and weary with a pack horse gone lame And I'd sit miles behind in the mud Up to Julia Creek, living on syrup and damper and salted corn meat. We had nothing but the rules and the mailman to meet. We'd move up and down with the rains. But them inland skies had the starriest of nights with the dance of the fire throwing flickering lights. The beauty of its sunsets were a constant delight I felt that nature had let me intrude The enormous vastness of them inland plains Gives you a lonely contentment to which you can't put a name It's a satisfied glow city folks seldom attain They spend life on a right rigid rail the kids got their schooling from the government mail We posted their working at each cattle sale They considered their learning a self-imposed jail They'd rather help their father than fail Given a horse 
Nobody could arrive. Alert were his ears with a fire in his stride. He was young and his spirit was wild. To catch him each morning was an hour long battle. We had to collar up his near side to throw on the saddle. He'd bite and he'd strike, or he made my nerves rattle. Pandemonium reigned with each ride. It was a hot summer's morning at the government bar. There was stillness around that I'd never felt before. How could he know it was fate at his door that was stealthily watching his moves? He mounted up quick, taking select from the reins, grabbed a full hand of hair from the horse's long mane. It just hit the saddle and the horse went insane, turning dust in a frenzy of fear. The girl on the saddle let go with the ring. The sassing of slipped, it was impossible to cling. The horse felt a go made a desperate fling. He was thrown to the length of the reins. And I heard his spine snap like a rude shit is shut. He busted his back on the concrete trough. Sickness and fear were the feelings I got for the doctor. It was a six hour drive. Sell up the plant now, move here to town Before the winter returns with a chill on the ground For what I've just lost can seldom be found I was blessed with the gentlest of men Eventually the children will move to the east But I couldn't stand the bustle of even a quiet city street I'll stay in the scrub here where my heart really beats For some dogs grow too old for change You are listening to The Bohemian Beat produced at Bay FM in Byron Bay and heard nationally across the community radio network. That was Droving Woman from the Kev Carmody's tribute CD Cannot Buy My Soul. Another famous bard of the bush that wrote many ballads and poems focusing on rural and outback places was Banjo Patterson, who lived between 1864 and 1941. 
As a writer, Patterson was popular and prolific. His work is cheerful and optimistic in outlook. His ballads introduce shearers, drovers and squatters. Each displays the individuality that Patterson sees as typical of the outback character. Patterson was primarily a storyteller using Australian material to produce a new type of Australian verse. The following poem by Patterson is called Pioneers and is read by Jack Thompson. Pioneers. They came of bold and roving stock that would not fixed abide. They were the sons of field and flock since ere they learnt to ride. We may not hope to see such men in these degenerate years as those explorers of the bush, the brave old pioneers. Twas they who rode the trackless bush in heat and storm and drought. Twas they who heard the master word that called them farther out. Twas they who followed up the trail the mountain cattle made and pressed across the mighty range where now their bones are laid. But now the times are dull and slow. The brave old days are dead when hardy bushmen started out and forced their way ahead by tangled scrub and forests grim towards the unknown west and spied at last the promised land from off the ranger's crest. O oh, ye that sleep in lonely graves by far-off ridge and plain, we drink to you in silence now as Christmas comes again. To you who fought the wilderness through rough, unsettled years, the founders of our nation's life, the brave old pioneers.
sense of purpose and a sense of skill A sense of function but a disregard We will not be the first, we will not be the first We will not be the first, we will not be the first You said you're gonna conquer new frontiers Go stick your bloody head in the jaws of the Thompson reading a poem by Banjo Patterson called Pioneers. And now is the time for our new segment, Stories That Matter, with Jenny Cargill. Welcome back, Jenny, to the Bohemian Beat. Thanks, Riddy. It's lovely to be here. Excellent. This week, you've brought along another storyteller, Annie Bryant. That's right. I have. Yes, Annie and I are good friends. And I first met Annie when she came to a, a gathering, a little small gathering of of storytelling nuts like me and a friend brought along Annie Bryant and she was quite shy the first time and then we we watched her do this rapid uh, learning curve and blossoming and then in rapid fire produced four CDs which many of you might be familiar with one for each season I was just blown away by how quickly she she was able to to write stories produce stories and make these beautiful products Annie welcome to the thank you really thank you Jenny it's so lovely to be here <laughs> and and today Annie's going to tell a story which she told uh, I heard her tell last month we'll tell more about that later um, but it's called the cedar girl of Mullumbimby grass and we might discuss a bit more about uh, how she wove that story after we've heard it thanks Annie <laughs> Come now, come now, come into my arms The sky is above you and your dreams all around Come now, come now, come into my arms 
skies above you and your dreams all around. The girl breathed in that fresh bush air. It felt so good to be moving. Times had been tough lately for Dad and his cedar mates. After the pirates had come and stolen the last big haul, Pirates sounded exciting to the young girl, but it hadn't been like any of the stories Dad had told her. There was no money, there was no work, and worst of all, she'd almost forgotten about the fun and jolly man who now carried her on his shoulders up, up, up into that big scrub where they'd go and live with all the other cedar cutters until they struck red gold, Dad said. And the natives leading the way, well, they seemed to know where to find it. The riverbanks had been stripped bare of that valuable timber. No one seemed to know where to find it anymore. Things were looking pretty bad for a while, until that Richard Craig bloke came to shore. The natives called him Dockeye. He spoke like him. He moved like him, and some say he even lived with him after he'd escaped from Morton. The girl was scared of Richard Craig. But Dad said they should be grateful to him because until he brought those fancy Sydney fellows to shore, well, since then, there'd been plenty of work for the Cedar Gangs. And this time, Dad wasn't taking any chances with those Cedar Pirates. Mother and the girl were coming up and into the camp just to keep the load safe. girl was excited. Mother didn't like the idea at all, but it sounded like a great adventure to her. And so, now she rode on Dad's shoulders up, up, up and higher. She breathed in that delicious smell of fresh, wild flowers. She opened her eyes way up high to the canopy, where staghorns burst everywhere she looked. And she closed her eyes, and she listened to the song of the bush. Come now, come now, come into my arms The sky is above you and your dreams all around Finally, after days of thrashing their way through vines, thick vines with claws that grabbed at every inch of your clothing, they made it. Each day, the men would go out to work and the girl would play in the forest. She made fairy homes in the rocks and the moss and the ferns. And she played hide and seek with those few brave sunbeams that managed to break through that thick, dark canopy wall above. And every now and then, her play was distracted by the sound of voices, faraway voices yelling in a rhythmic kind of pattern. And then that long, slow, drawn-out, creaking sound before that earth-shattering thud as another giant hit the ground. Each day the girl got braver and braver, exploring just a little bit further. And her mother would bring her back with a sharp whack and a scolding. But after a while, when the sadness started to seep into mother's skin, she stopped, to no stopped noticing the girl at all. Her skin grew pale, her eyes sad, and that sadness grew into rage each night as father would come home from the native camp 
drunk and merry. And then the fighting would start all night long. And the girl would close her eyes and do her best to hear that song of the bush. Come now, come now, come into my arms. The sky is above you and your dreams all around. But then the rain set in and the cedar ran dry long before the contract was up. The fighting and the screaming only grew worse and worse until one morning the girl woke up and there was so much yelling she couldn't even breathe. Silently she slipped into her mud-stained dress and she tiptoed through that sad and sorry clearing past the desperate looking clotheslines and finally she burst out into the rainforest. She could breathe again. On and on and on she went, walking silently, just like the bush had taught her, over ferns, under branches. And then, up above, that cheeky kookaburra called up. She looked up to see if she could find him. And she spied, just the softest touch, a whisper of pink, pink flowers up above. And as she stepped into the clearing, she had to cover her eyes for the sunlight that burst through this natural little space in the canopy. And there the sun was shining down on the roots of the biggest tree she'd ever seen. It had big, thick, dark, red-tinged wood, big, thick roots that dove way down into the earth. And that trunk, thicker than any she'd seen before, well, her little neck, craned and arched as she followed it all the way up into the canopy. She felt dizzy from the height and the hunger and the tiredness. And so she lay her body down in those huge, curving, red-tinged roots, her spine spooning the curve of the wood, the moss giving her the perfect pillow to rest her head, and the bush sang her to sleep. Come now, come now, come into my arms. The sky is above you and your dreams all around. Come now, come now, come into my arms. The sky is above you and your dreams all around. She dreamed an endless sky, a dark sky filled with stars above. It seemed to go on forever. But then those stars, one by one, they formed clusters, and those clusters moved faster and faster at a terrifying speed, and all of a sudden they came together and they rushed through her body like a river, flooding its banks faster and faster until finally it burst out of her body and back into the night sky. That clear, starry sky. But then one by one, the stars disappeared and the sky became a, a dark and frighteningly black. And then something was pulling her side to side, backwards and forwards, strong arms pulling her up, up, up and finally out of the dream and back into the clearing. Two strong black arms. And she stared into a face as black as that frightening night sky she'd just seen and into two eyes that reflected the dream itself. 
Their gaze was broken by her mother's terrified scream, my baby, she cried, and she grabbed the girl roughly from the native's arms. That night, the camp was filled with whoops of joy for the safety of the girl and the largest red cedar tree any of the cutters had ever seen. A giant of a tree that now lay dead on the forest floor. Not long after, Dad and his mates riding the hall high down the river. The natives led the mother and the girl back and out of the big scrub, down into the clear skies of Mullumbimby grass. Dad's paycheck was more than enough for a piece of land and together they built a slab hut just above the flood line and they stayed on to clear the land. And as the girl watched the trees disappearing one by one, each night, She'd curl up in bed and she'd look out to that starry sky, pretending she could feel the curved red-tinged roots on her spine, the moss under her head, listening, always listening. Come now, come now, come into my arms, the sky is above you and your dreams all around. Come now, come now, come into my arms. The sky is above you and your dreams all around.
are listening to The Bohemian Beat. I'm Riddy and I'm chatting with storytellers Jenny and Annie. And thank you, Annie. That was quite a story. Loss and tragedy weaved through nature, through the eyes of a little girl, looking at the silence and beauty of the bush. Wow, what a story. Jenny, thank you so much for organising this segment, Stories That Matter. Pleasure. So, Jenny, why does this story matter? Well, I mean, I was just wiping my tears here and pulling myself together to speak sensibly because um, the last time I heard Annie tell this story, it was in a concert situation where I was busily trying to take photos of her, none of which turned out that well. But um, (laughs) I wasn't able to really listen as deeply as I wanted to. And this time I got, I mean, a story like that you can can listen to many times because it's got many levels to it. Mm -hmm. And as a storyteller, I really respect the craftsmanship in that story. It's beautiful. It's literary. In a literary way, it's beautiful. It acknowledges history in a deep ecology way it's beautiful it acknowledges the different perspectives I love the voice that you've written um I, I'm just so inspired by that story and I hope I can I can write one nearly as good oh, Jenny. <laughs> how did this story come about I was doing some research into the history of Mullumbimby I wanted to write a local story I wanted to write something about the place that I you know, was walking on. It's really important to me, those questions of place and belonging and who are we and why are we here? And as a seventh generation, you know, English, Australian, it's it's massive, that question of what are we doing here? Can I really be at peace with this land and mm. what's happened and how we've mm. come to be here? And, yeah. um, and as a storyteller, of course, you are constantly delving into mythology and that question has only become deeper and deeper since becoming a storyteller. Mm. So well, I just did a little bit of research into the history of Mullumbimby grass and where it began. And of course, as most of the east coast of Australia, it was founded on the cedar cutting industry. And, and I wondered, I, I wondered if the cedar cutters, if all of early settlers felt what I feel when I go into the bush. And I'm Australian and I, I very much am Australian and this is the land that I live on and I do resonate with it. So that story was so much written about a little girl, the little girl in me, who wants to make peace with all that I am Mm. on this land. Okay, thank you so much. And Stories That Matter will be back next month. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Annie. Thanks, Rudy. Well, that is all we have time for today on The Bohemian Beat. For more information, uh, check out the website, thebohemianbeat.com. And I'll be back next week, same beat time, same bohemian frequency, for more. And we will end with a track by Archie Roach called The People of Sorrow. Thank you for joining us on The Bohemian Beat. The People of Sorrow. Well, the land is our mother We were born long ago We got sisters and brothers We ran far But with each new tomorrow The sadness grows Where the people sorrow Yes, we are. Well, our women were taken and our men put in chains. Seemed we'd forsaken everything. The time of invasion they had brought 
so much pain Violent persuasion in the name of the king Oh, the lame is our mother We were born long ago We got sisters and brothers Near and far But with each Each near tomorrow Our sadness grows Where the people Sorrow Yes we are They tried to destroy us With their swords And their guns Now they employ us in their plans And our culture was dying For our daughters and our sons But now they are crying for their land Ooh, the land is our mother We were born long ago We got sisters and brothers Near and far But with each new tomorrow The sadness grows Where the people sorrow Yes, we are They're killing our mother with their lust and their greed But we've got each other to keep us strong And we've got to be stronger when we see her bleed Can't go on much longer because it's wrong so wrong Oh the land is our mother We were born long ago We've got sisters and brothers near and far But with each new tomorrow A sadness grows where the people Sorrow, yes we are Oh, once we were happy Once we were free Once long before you ever came Now we're happy together In our own company When will you ever take the blame? Yet, yet the land is our mother We were born long ago We've got sisters and brothers Near and far But with each new tomorrow Sadness grows where the people 
of sorrow, yes we are. We're the people of sorrow, yes. 